My name is Dr. Ian Storch. I'm a board-certified gastroenterologist and osteopathic physician, and you are listening to DO or Do Not. If you're interested in joining our team or have suggestions or comments, please contact us at doordonotpodcast.com. Share our link with your friends and like us on Apple Podcasts, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We hope you enjoy this episode. On today's episode, we have Dr. Tuvia Marciano. Dr. Marciano is a pediatric gastroenterologist at NYU Langone on Long Island. He graduated from the New York Institute of Technology in 2000 and completed his residency at Downstate Medical Center before moving on to finish his pediatric gastroenterology fellowship in 2007 at the prestigious Montefiore Medical Center. Dr. Marciano has won several awards for his excellent care and is featured in multiple regional guides including Newsday and New York Magazine. We hope you enjoy this episode. Dr. Marciano, thank you again so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule to come talk to us. So I just wanted to start by asking you how your day was and what an average day for you looks like. Today is Sunday. Uh, It's one of my slower days. So this morning I saw patients in Brooklyn, which I do about two Sundays a month. That's usually slow in the summer. It was a slow morning. I saw 10 patients this morning and then... I have been actually going over biopsy reports from the prior week and calling patients to go over the reports with them. So that's pretty much what I've been doing this afternoon. And then I, by two o'clock, I usually finish up and try to have a halfway normal Sunday like the rest of everybody else. Were there any interesting cases you saw today? So always interesting. So an 18-year-old with 10 pounds of weight loss which we will work up for inflammatory bowel disease. And then I saw eight-month-old who had bloody diarrhea and failure to thrive, who we will work up for that. So those were two new patients that I saw this morning in the office. How did you get interested in pediatric gastroenterology? Were you originally interested in just pediatrics or were you always interested in pediatric GI? I got interested in pediatric GI really by chance. When I was a resident, the vice chair of the department is a pediatric gastroenterologist, a guy by the name of Barry Warshall, who's now the chief of GI Chicago. And he basically came over to me one day and said, I'm going to make you into a gastroenterologist. And I said, okay, that sounds pretty cool. I, I think I, I would like that. I knew I, I liked procedures, but I also like to think about the disease state and not just practice surgery. So I felt that there was a nice balance of medicine and procedures. And so I said, okay, that works for me. That's really how I ended up doing GI. Are there any other pediatric subspecialties that you were maybe considering that had procedures? So I was considering emergency medicine and pediatric ICU as well. So everything I considered was really procedure oriented. Can I ask how you got interested in pediatrics in the first place? First, I always liked kids, but I, it goes back to medical school. I couldn't stand the smell of the medicine floor, so I knew I didn't want to do internal medicine. In fact, recently I was working COVID floors during the pandemic, and, and all of a sudden that, that smell brought back such memories to me. I was taking care of 90-year-old patients, which I haven't done in over probably 20 years. I found myself taking care of 90-year-old patients, and, and the, the medicine smell came back to me. I was like, I, I really can't. I can't do internal medicine. And so that's how I ended up in pediatrics. I like the kids. I enjoy it. I think it's nice to be able to work with young people that you can really have an impact on their life from the get-go. That makes sense. In my opinion, 
pediatric GI is a little more rare compared to adult GI. Can you maybe tell us a little about the differences between the two fields other than, you know, one is adult and one is pediatrics? Well, the nice thing is that we use smaller scope. So that's a nice thing. We don't see any of the cancer stuff that they see in in the adult world. So most adult gastroenterologists are taking care of what we take care of, and then some, they take care of the cancer stuff. On the flip side, we take care of the failure to thrive and the and the younger kids, which they don't see in adult GI. We see a lot of reflux. I see a lot of inflammatory bowel disease, ulcerative colitis, Crohn's disease, which I guess the adult GIs also see. So there is some overlap there. But for instance, calmic protein allergy and other types of things that happen in neonates, obviously the adult GIs don't take care of. I've heard that adult GI is kind of 75% functional stress-related and 25% organic or more serious conditions. What do you think about that in terms of pediatrics GI? So that's probably a lot true by us as well. For, For the most part, there's very good studies out there that show that teenagers with reflux tend to have underlying functional issues. The same thing with the IBS that we see. So there is a lot of, as my staff calls me, uh, you know, I'm a psychiatrist most of the time and a a medicine doctor the rest of the time. And are there any challenges that pertain to pediatrics, especially when you're dealing with kids who might be scared of things like scopes? So there are a lot of challenges when it comes to pediatrics. First and foremost, you're taking care of somebody's most treasured possession, and that's really important. Parents really have to trust you. That's very, very important. It's important to remember that it's it's actually a privilege to do that, to take care of somebody's child. There's a lot of, of reassurance that goes on, and there's a lot of opportunity to really, like I said earlier, impact somebody's life. And every year, you know, around this time when I get together with my adolescent patients who are going off to college to sit down and have a conversation with them and talk about where they want to go in life. So I think that that's really, really a nice part of pediatrics. On the flip side, we have to deal with the parents who sometimes can be very difficult and many times can play an active role in that functional abdominal pain. Right. On a previous episode, we had an anesthesiologist who said that she would have loved to go into pediatrics, but she ultimately couldn't take the parents. Do you think that part is the hardest part of the field? And if not, what do you think is? I think that is one of the hard parts of the field. I completely agree with that. Although, you know, anesthesia is very nice. You just put the patient to sleep. They don't talk back to you. And it's almost as good as radiology when you don't have to leave a dark room. But, you know, you get to develop really nice relationships with the families. And sometimes the parents can be a lot of fun. But yes, sometimes the parents can be very difficult. If you do adult medicine, well, then you're dealing with the children of the patient. So I think every specialty has its pluses and minuses. Yeah, I think it's great that you can influence the children from an early age. So in addition to your clinical duties, I see that you're the vice president of the Institutional Review Board and chief endoscopy. Can you tell us about these positions at Winthrop, correct? Correct. So um, I am, well, I'm chief of pediatric endoscopy. So uh, that really means that I handle a lot of the issues that come up within pediatric endoscopy for the institution. I also happen to be the proceduralist in my group. And so when it comes to pediatric procedures at Winthrop, I tend to do a lot of the more uh, technically advanced stuff. As far as being uh, the chief of the, the, the vice chair of the IRB, 
Uh, I sit on the Institutional Review Board where we review all the research that's going on within the institution. It's really a great opportunity to learn what everybody's doing and uh, sort of play a role in it. Um, it allows me to stay up to date on, on a lot of the latest research and, uh, and where, uh, you know, what, what's going on in the world of research. Uh, and so I really enjoy that as well. Is there a pediatric GI fellowship at Winthrop? There is no pediatric GI fellowship currently at Winthrop. Now, we, we've discussed that in the past, but at this point in time, there is not a pediatric GI fellowship. If there was and you were interviewing a candidate for a theoretical position, what attributes would you look for in a candidate? I think that the most important thing that a candidate can bring to the table is, is somebody who's very conscientious, who really cares about their, their patients, who realizes that medicine is not a nine to five job. Um, but is is really some you know like I said earlier you're you're somebody has entrusted you with their child and I think that that's a very very big deal and 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 you need to take that responsibility seriously and so your day doesn't end you know at five o'clock when the bell rings um, and I, I think that that's very important I think research is important as well and so. Uh, most people who are applying for pediatric GI fellowship are probably coming in with some uh, research experience. Thank you. I think that's great advice. I like to take a step back and go back to the roots. So when did you first become interested in medicine and decide that you wanted to become a doctor? When my mother told me so. <laughs> and was that from a really young age? So I, you know, I would like to say, you know, I think in my medical school essay, I wrote something about a Fisher-Price, you know, the Fisher-Price uh, doctor's kit. I think they even still make it, you know, the stethoscope and they've got an otoscope in there. It's hard to remember how long ago I wanted to be a, you know, be a doctor, but it, it, it's it's sort of been, I guess, ingrained in me. You know, uh, I have other siblings who are in healthcare. Um, I come from a large family and there are two pediatricians and two uh two dentists, one of whom is a pediatric dentist. So uh, so in my family, I think uh, healthcare was always pushed uh, pretty strongly. And where did you go to undergraduate school? I went to Hopkins for undergrad. John Hopkins, that's a great place. So can you tell us about how you did from Hopkins and what was the application to medical school like? So uh, I think when I applied, it was, you know, it was a pretty competitive year. Although, you know, I think that if you ask every physician, they'll tell you, oh, yeah, their year was the most competitive. So I don't know, you know, how true that was. <laughs> but um, I really needed for family reasons to be in New York for, for medical school. I, I was sort of limited with that, um, really in Metro New York. Uh, and so that was when I was applying. I had only applied to a couple of schools within the metro area. Okay. And what was your experience like while you were in medical school? Did you enjoy it? Did you hate it? So I I, I actually enjoyed medical school. I had this thing where I uh, – so I went to NICOM, and um, back then uh, I think they used to call it the pit. And uh, – I would sit, I would occupy, everybody knew my seat. I would occupy the last seat in the aisle on the right side. And I was there every day at 8 a.m. And we used to have a test every Monday. Uh, and so I would take the test Monday morning. And then from Tuesday onward, 
I would sit there and just study for the next test on Monday, no matter what was going on in class. So that's where I did all my studying. And I was always there. I was always around. I always got the lecture sheets and everything like that. Um, and I would sit there and study from, 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 I guess, Tuesday until Monday and then start all over again. Um, but I always left school at like four or five o'clock and never really studied in the evenings. I did all my studying during the, during the daytime. And then I would come to school on Sunday uh, and study Sunday mornings, I guess, until around 12. I would get to school like really early, like 7.30, and study from 7.30 till around 12 o'clock. And that was pretty much all I did throughout my first two years of medical school. Uh, and that's how I sort of got everything done. And then the last two years of medical school were, were great. I really enjoyed my rotations. It was, it was just, it was just a, I, I, I thought my rotations were really just a great part of, of my medical school experience. It was, it was fantastic. And how's your pediatric rotation? Did that really cement your decision to go in? So uh, I did pediatrics at Maimonides. Um, it was really a great rotation. Um, Steve Shelloff was the chairman at the time. And it's funny that Steve Shelloff just became the dean of the NYU Long Island School of Medicine at Winthrop. Uh, so I, it's it's nice to see him again, and I interact with him now on a totally different level. He it's he 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 still remembers me from when I was a medical student, which is funny. Um, going back, uh, that was like I had him as my you know I did my medical school rotation at MIMO in 1998. Uh, so here we are, 22 years later, and you know still working with him. He was a great teacher. Um, and, uh, I did enjoy my time at MIMO. I found that it was, uh, had a lot of pathology there. And after that, can you tell us about your road to residency? How did you decide on which program that you wanted to go to? So, you know, I always tell, I, I saw learn for myself and I always tell, tell, tell people who are applying in the process, you know, things seem to sort of like fall into place. If, 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 if you want to become a dermatologist and you really, really want to become a dermatologist, well, then you're probably going to become a dermatologist. And I found that that was true for most of my class. I wanted to be a pediatrician and, and, and um, you know, I, I was offered the spot at MIMO, but then I had a friend of mine who did, who was the chief resident at Downstate, and um, he really encouraged me to come to Downstate. So I ended up going to Downstate for my residency, and that's how... That's sort of how things got started. And from there, um, like I said, Barry Warshall chose me to become a gastroenterologist. So I became a gastroenterologist. And uh, I, I guess things sort of just, you know, fell into place, which was really nice. Can you tell us about your time at Downstate? And I believe you went to Montefiore for a fellowship, correct? Correct. So uh, I did uh, three years of residency at Downstate and one year of chief, of chief residency at Downstate. I had a, I would say, you really worked very hard at Downstate, but probably some of the best years of my life were at Downstate. I had a great time. I had a great group of friends. Um, we all worked really hard. And I mean, it's it, Downstate's sort of like its own little country. You know, it, it doesn't play by the rules of anything else that you'll ever experience. And you work really hard there as a resident, but you learn a tremendous amount and you see some really amazing pathology in that that really prepared me to be a good doctor. It taught me how to jump in there and take care of patients and, and not be afraid, not be afraid to touch patients, to speak to patients, to interact on, to, you know, to, to, to interact on their behalf. And it was really, really a great experience. I, I stayed on there for my chief year because I really 
didn't want to leave. I felt like I had grown so much over there. And uh, and looking back, even to this day, I still have good memories of the place. Uh, and then I did my chief year there. Uh, and at that point in time, Barry Warshall had decided that he was going to leave and go to Montefiore to be the chief of GI there. And well, when he got to Montefiore, he called me up one day. I was still the chief president. He said, Tavia, I just want to let you know that you're coming with me. You know that, right? And I said, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't have a position there for GI at Montefiore. He said, no, no, no. I'm I'm here and you're going to be my fellow. I said, oh, okay, fine. And so after I finished my chief year at Downstate, I packed my bags and I went to the Bronx where I became a, a GI fellow. Fellowship was, was very different than residency. In certain ways, you were much more independent. There was a lot, a lot of stuff to learn and you have to learn the procedures as well. And I had a mentor there by the uh, by the name of Larry Brandt, who who's one of the fathers of, of adult GI, and Larry Brandt really taught me how to scope, which is uh, which is really very important. You know, for a pediatric uh, gastroenterologist, sometimes you don't get the same amount of exposure to to doing procedures as as the adults do, and so by having an adult GI. As a mentor, especially somebody who's as world-renowned as Larry Brandt, um, I really developed some very good skills. Definitely. For the pre-medical students that are listening, Montefiore is a top-tier institution. So we're very privileged to have Dr. Marciano talk to us today. Which is the best piece of advice that you think you got throughout your education that you like to echo to the people listening? People who go into medicine for the right reasons really enjoy their time doing it and it's not so much of a burden and and so you'll know that you were right for medicine when you're sitting there at two o'clock in the morning studying for a test and you still got a smile on your face you really have to enjoy it you have to love it and it's it's not really a career it's a it's it's a it's a way of life being a physician is a way of life we are entrusted in taking care of people and and helping them live long and prosperous lives, that's very special. And, and not everybody is given that opportunity. And if you have that opportunity, you should be responsible and take full advantage of that opportunity. I think that's great advice. Thank you, Dr. Masiano. I just wanted to go back a little bit and talk about the process when you were deciding residency. For a student applying to residency, if they need to choose between a large or small institution, a private or public institution, how should they decide? And what do you think are the pros and cons of different programs? That varies by person. You know, Downstate was, at the time, it was that was before the North Shore LIJ merger. I think it was the largest pediatric program in the country. It was like 120 residents or something like that. So it was definitely a very large program, um, although you didn't necessarily feel it, but it was it was really large. It really varies by your personality type. At Winthrop, we have a smaller program. The residents love it. From what I my interaction with them, they they love the residency program at Winthrop. It's it's definitely a very nice place. The residency director, Dr. Levins Moore, treats the residents as if they were her own children, and it's a very nice feel. Downstate is probably not that as you know touchy feely as as that, and you're sort of expected to to jump on the wagon and get things done. I know that at Montefiore is like probably 
bigger residency program than than what we have at Winthrop, uh, and it has certain expectations. So it's it's important that in your fourth year you sort of make the rounds. Uh, if you're really interested in a program, then you should do an elective there to sort of get a feel for the place and see how everybody likes it. Are the residents happy there? Are the attendings willing to teach? Are they willing to interact with the residents, do research project, projects with the residents, and, and help them along in their careers? How was your experience looking for a job after you got a fellowship? My experience was pretty good. Uh, you know, that I don't think that the job market is as big today as it was when I graduated. At this point, uh, there are a lot of pediatric gastroenterologists in New York City or the New York metro area. But there certainly is a need throughout the country if you're willing to leave New York. Again, you know, it all depends where you want to go geographically. But there are certainly jobs out there. I did not have any difficulty at all. And can you tell us how you ended up at your current position? Sure. I came to Winthrop because the previous chief of GI, of a pediatric GI at Winthrop, was a guy named Fred Down, who just retired, actually. I had known Fred from when I was a resident, actually. Fred Down used to run a Friday morning GP's GI get-together, uh, like once a month. And when I became interested in GI, I used to go to that once-a-month get-together at, at North Shore at the time. I got to know him through that. And Fred Down actually trained under Larry Brandt. So when I was looking for a job, Larry Brandt, who was at Monty, everybody likes it. Are the residents happy there? Are the attendings um, willing to teach? Are they willing to interact with the residents, do research project, projects with the residents, and, and help them along in their careers? How was your experience looking for a job after you got a fellowship? My experience was pretty good. Uh, you know, that I, I don't think that the job market is as big today as it was when I graduated. Um, uh, at this point, uh, there are a lot of pediatric gastroenterologists in New York City or the New York metro area, um, but there certainly is a need throughout the country if you're willing to leave New York. Um, again, you know, it all depends where you want to go geographically, but there are certainly jobs out there. I, I did not have any difficulty at all. And can you tell us how you ended up at your current position? Sure. I came to Winthrop because the previous chief of GI, of a pediatric GI at Winthrop, was a guy named Fred Down, who just retired, actually. Um, and I had known Fred from when I was a resident, actually. Fred Down used to run a Friday morning uh, GP's GI get-together, uh, like once a month. And uh, when I became interested in GI, I used to go uh, to that once-a-month get-together at, at North Shore at the time. And um, I got to know him through that. And Fred Down actually trained under Larry Brandt. So when I was looking for a job, Larry Brandt, who was at Monty, sort of pointed me in the direction of Fred Down. And that's how I ended up at, at Winthrop. It's all about who you know. You'd be surprised. You meet people along the way. And later on, they come back and they help you out. Definitely. I think that's the, the motto of life here. <laughs> right. Be, always be nice to people because you never know. They may help you out one day. If you couldn't do the specialty, if you couldn't do pediatrics and you had to go back in time and choose a different one, which one do you think you would be doing? I would consider, you know, looking back now, I would consider doing general peds. I think it's a really nice specialty. Uh, I think that you can make your own hours. Um, there's definitely a lot of opportunity and it really allows you to be involved with people's lives and help them out. I think that's cheating a little bit, Dr. Marciano. <laughs> I meant other than pediatrics. Do you have anything in mind? Oh, 
other than, other than pediatrics, what else would I have done other than peds? I don't think I would do anything else. I love what I do. I get up every morning and I love it. I think that's great. I think that's great that you're super happy and you enjoy every day. Do you have any final advice for anyone who might want to do pediatric GI? I know you gave us some earlier. I think that it's important to figure this out early on. Um, reach out to you know pediatric gastroenterologists that are in your institution. Work with them. Uh, see if you could do a research project. See who they can put you in touch with. Perhaps go to uh, the, the society meetings. I mean, now with COVID, obviously, that's, that's a little bit difficult. But every year, NASVGAM will sponsor uh, residents that are interested in going into pediatric GI for their meeting. They'll uh, give them support to attend the meeting, which is really good. So if you're interested in going into pediatric GI, you should definitely speak to your pediatric gastroenterologist at your institution about the NASVGAM fellowships and uh, getting support to attend the meeting so you can meet up with other pediatric GIs throughout the country. And like I said earlier, you never know who you bump into that can help you out. Thank you so much, Dr. Monty. I know you're very busy. I won't keep you for much longer. So thank you for your time. Thank you. This concludes our episode of Do or Do Not. Send all inquiries, comments, suggestions, and even let us know if there's someone you want us to interview to do or do not podcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to like us on Facebook at do or do not podcast for updates. If you enjoyed our podcast, please share it with your classmates and administration. We have plenty of more interviews lined up and we're excited to share them with you. This is Tian Yu Shea. Thank you guys so much for listening to do or do not.